The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Good morning, everybody. It's Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Like I like to say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this world. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, I have, I'm not going to butcher her name, but I have a special guest here today, Lauren. I know it's hyphened. I'm going to let her introduce herself. So Lauren, what I like to do is have you introduce yourself to the audience and like who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I'm Lauren Brolier-Newton. Thanks for, thanks for tossing it over to me. Um, <laughs> and I am the founder and CEO of a company called Soul Savvy. And what we do at Soul Savvy is we help people do exactly what the title implies. You can be very soulful, very soulful, very spiritual, very caring, aligned to your own core values, and have savvy results. Drive the car you want to drive, make the money. And sometimes we find in human birth, that we feel like we have to choose sides. I'm either materialistic or I'm spiritual or whatever. And I help people, you can live the life you love and it can be both. So. And that's awesome. And I think we need, I'm glad that you, you said that because I think we need more people like yourself to let people know that it's okay. You know, you can have the stuff and we understand that we can't take it with us when we pass on, right? But we can be spiritual. I mean, we see it in the world today. There's a lot of people that are like that, that have a lot of material, but they're very spiritual, right? I'm so glad that you, you know, we connected and you uh, came on to be a guest today because I was totally interested in, and I, I looked at your website. I was like, ah, I'm glad she's coming. Yay. You know, because we need more people like yourselves that, you know, tell people that it's okay to not only just work hard, you know, earn that money but that you can be spiritual. And matter of fact, I had a guess. It's kind of similar to what you do, right? I forget what she called it, but it's like, okay, it's okay to be rich and spiritual at the same time, you know, like she called it the spiritual, you know, I forgot entrepreneur or whatever she calls yeah. it, but it's so cool that I'm connecting with people like yourself that do this, right? And let people know that it's okay because, you know, in the media, it's crazy. We're either dying of COVID or, you know, this or that, you know, yeah. that's why I don't even watch the news anymore. So, I mean, I spend my time Me doing podcasts, like with people like yourself or, or listening to personal development stuff on my, you know, audible or are listening to podcasts. And so how did you get started, Lauren? What made you decide to go, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to start this thing called soul savvy. So, yeah, this is, this is a, 
a good story. And I think a lot of people can relate to it. I never imagined myself being an entrepreneur. Actually, I taught fourth grade. I was a fourth grade teacher in Berkeley, oh, wow. California for many years. And then I became what we called in our district, a literacy coach. So you coach the teachers, you help the most struggling students. So I always wanted to be a teacher and, or, you know, help people. Like I always had a dream of just helping people, whatever that looked like social worker, teacher. But one of the things that was frustrating about being a teacher is no matter how hard you work, no matter how many hours, no matter how many committees you serve on, you don't get paid overtime. You can't make more money. And I started to feel like I was pouring my heart and soul into this and feeling like I personally was struggling because I was pouring my heart and soul into a job that didn't pay. And so I started to tinker with, well, what else could I do? I started teaching singing lessons because I was good with music and tutoring kids on the side, but then you just end up working harder and you got a little extra cash. So I just was frustrated. And at the same time in my life, I had just gotten married. My wedding presents were literally still in boxes and internally I was suffering in my marriage. Like I felt alone. I felt like my husband didn't love me. I felt like I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough. I just had a lot of low self-esteem back then, I guess you could call it. But then one day the stuff hit the fan. I don't know if this is a podcast where you say you cuss can, words, but no, I you can to. Oh, you, whatever you <laughs> <Okay>. want to do. <laughs> yeah. So the shit hit the fan in my life. And one day my husband came home from work and he looked like he had seen a ghost, like just like this panicky expression on his face. And he just looked at me and he was like, I'm not happy. And I'm like, not happy with me, not happy with life. And he's like, no, you're not my dream girl. And I mean, you can imagine anyone saying that to you, let alone the person who just stood at the altar with you and promised to love you forever. Right. Right. Holy moly. And he proceeded on telling me a list of all the qualities a dream girl would have that I didn't have. You're not fit enough. You don't like hiking. You're, you don't make enough money. You watch too much TV. I mean, just like the laundry list. The sad part about this, and it's easy to want to make him the villain in the story. It's easy right. to want to like get out the popcorn and make him wrong or whatever. I but that it. night he left and I was sitting there and I was just like crying and distraught. And I was thinking to myself, what, what good qualities do I have? Like, are there any good traits, lovable traits that I do have? And internally, like, I didn't feel like I had any good things about me. And I just was like, yeah, he's right. And that was probably the saddest moment of my life because I realized that, yes, I could blame him and make it about him, but I'm like, shit, I just attracted who I feel, how I feel about myself, you know? And I had that awareness and I had that awakening now I'm at rock bottom. I lose my house because I can't afford it by myself as a school teacher. I lost my dogs because I didn't have any place to live. I had to move back in with my parents. I'm in all this debt. I don't like my job. So I'm just living at home with the parents. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much at, you know, there's nowhere to go but up here. <laughs> and that's when I decided to go on a journey. Like, screw it. I'm just going to find out, like, is anybody truly happy? Does anybody know how to be successful? And uh, I went on a journey and that's how I actually feel so savvy. I'm like, this cannot, I'm, I'm looking around the world, seeing so many people in the same predicaments, feeling unhappy in the middle of a divorce or whatever, sick, ill, not liking life. And I was like, there has to be a better way than this. So about a month into my husband leaving, I found out he was actually living a double life. And it was something that I felt like, you know, should be on Dateline or 2020. Yeah. So I went on my journey. And I discovered that creating happiness 
actually can be scientific. Like it doesn't, it's not a crapshoot. You can actually use tools and use practices that help you to live a life on your terms. And so that's what I teach people now. Long story short, Max. (laughs) That's, you know, and people need to hear that, right? We all come to our moments of, like you said, just like this self-awareness, right? Where, and you had a choice back then. And I love that you shared that with the audience, right? Because you could have went to the total poor me's pity pot, depression, and, and said, screw life, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I give up and just led a life of mediocrity, right? And instead, it took that for you. And thank God, right? You know, I don't know what you're, but I believe that God showed you this for a reason, right? He actually saved yeah. you from something that could have been very horrible. And you chose to go, okay, I'm not going to sit in my shit, use my language, you know, yeah, as we, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do something different, right? And that took me a long time, even in recovery, you know, and, and I had those moments. And I remember, you know, like I could share with you early on, because most of my friends, when I got into my active addiction, and I'll just share this with you real quick, like I disappeared on the close friends that I grew up with in high school, like, because I didn't want to be that guy that they said, Max is coming over, lock your shit up, because he's probably going to steal it, right? (laughs) So, I just disappeared for a long, a long, long time. I did it to my kids. I did it to everybody I, I cared about. And then when I got sober, you know, and I, I'm, I'm working my way up to being a productive member of society and, and being a good human being, right? And I'm sleeping on couches sometimes. I'm renting rooms. When I'm watching my friends, I have these nice homes. And I'm like, I should be there, you know? And I could have easily said, forget it. You know, I might as well just go drink and use again because that's what I do best, you know? And like yeah. you, I just made a decision not to give up. And, and that's what we have to do. And I love that you share that with the audience. Because we're going to talk about personal life, of course, and, and your business. But share personally, like, like some moments that on that journey where you just, you had, you, as they say, you were on that edge of the cliff going, I could either jump, or I'm going to go back and, and start over. Yeah, that's such a great question. So thankfully, and this is what you said, like, God should put you in this pathway, you know, uh, for 40 days, and for anybody who's read the Bible, 40 <laughs> days is a, is a very symbolic number. But for 40 days before my husband left, I had actually started getting a little bit into personal development because again, like I said, I was frustrated as a teacher. I was frustrated in my marriage. So I actually started for 40 days to say affirmations, affirmative statements, like my husband and I grow deeper in love every day. I am a you know passionate and purposeful leader. Like I just started saying affirmations. Your and on I the am 40th day- yeah, exactly. And on the 40th day, my, that's the day my husband left. So it would be very easy for anyone to be like, oh, God didn't hear my prayer. Or the universe doesn't love me. See, this stuff doesn't work. But thankfully, I had the awareness and people around me, you know, loving people around me that I was like, oh my gosh, this is an answered prayer. Because if this guy doesn't love me and he's not, and he's living a double life, God, the universe, whatever word you want to call it. I call it God, but I'm down for whatever anybody wants to call it. Um, (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, he heard my prayer and he got rid of this relationship. I never looked at it like I wasn't loved by the creator or anything like that. I was like, oh, it worked. And so thankfully on this trajectory of like becoming a better person, my husband leaves three weeks later, I end up at this personal development seminar in Los Angeles. And you had, you just asked me like, how do you navigate those moments where you're on the cliff and you could either go back to the victim or whatever, or thrive. 
So I go to this personal development seminar and there's this amazing speaker and she had had this long history of helping people service and all this stuff. And she said, I can teach you how to do what I do. I can teach you how to be a speaker. I can teach you how to be a coach. I can teach you how to do this kind of work. And I knew with every bit of my heart, like, yes, I want to do this kind of work. I want to help people. I want to coach. I want to be an entrepreneur. And then I found out how much it cost. And to get certified as a coach, it was $26,000. Holy moly. Who is this, Mary yeah. Morrison or something? <laughs> it was Mary Morrison. Yeah. How did you know that? Yeah. Exactly. I, just, yeah, I, actually I, was Mary I follow her a lot. She, I think she's amazing, but I know she's very, it's not cheap. She's one of the best people on the planet. One of my, she's definitely my mentor, one of my close friends. But yeah, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I want to do this, but I'm a broke divorce school teacher. Like I can't do this, you know, <laughs> like right. this is not going to work. But then I, I found something within myself that day. I'm like, okay. Over all these years of my life, I've not listened to my gut. I got in a marriage I knew was wrong for me. I got in a profession that I enjoyed, but I played small. That wasn't only what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought about it and I'm like, wow, not listening to myself, not listening to my deep desires. That's what's got me into this mess in the first place. And so in that moment, I was like, I can play it small. I can play it safe. I can keep living with my parents. I can do whatever. Or what if I take this bold move? and overcome this fear of looking like an idiot because who wants a life coach that lives at home with their mom and is broke and, <laughs> you know, right in the middle of a divorce. But I was like, whatever, I'm going to try it. And it was that moment that was truly, I just put half of it on a credit card was like, you know, hopefully this works out. And it did. And I've gone on to help literally tens of thousands of people and, you know, make money and do great things. But it was in that moment that's like, all right, you know, it was kind of one of those, you got nothing, you got nothing to lose moments. Why don't you try a different game plan? Right. I don't believe in coincidences. You know, like I don't believe that this is coincidence that you came across to be a guest on my podcast and, and I get to listen to your story. Right. Because like you, I played, you know, I figured when I got sober, that was good enough. Right. Like I believe that I had to, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like be happy with whatever came my way. And then I met people like yourself that, and now that I surround myself with people that make way more money than I do and were way more successful, but are there like, they're the, you know, on that picture, I think where you see someone turning down and helping people up the mountain, you yes, know, that's kind of people yeah. they are, you know, like yourself, like they made a decision. Now they're, they're, you know, giving back and, you know, I'm learning from them, you know, not only in my recovery community, but outside of it, like my, it's starting to grow tremendously. Right. Because I took that chance, like you said, on myself to say, you know, and yes. it, for me, it started with writing my book that I wanted to do for years. You know, it took me what, 10 years to finally finish it. Right. But it, it, it yep. took some tragedies to pull my head out of my ass, as they say, and, mm -hmm. and to go, mm -hmm. you know, do it, quit talking about it. And, yeah. um, you know, and I, I've been blessed, like I said, like, you know, you coming and being a guest and the people that have come before you that I all I learned something new every time about not only the yeah. people who I talk to, but about myself, right? And I realized when you're telling me this story, like I'm thinking, you know, I'm paying attention, but I'm thinking about myself. How many times did I tell yeah. myself I can't do something or I don't deserve it? You know, those that, that negative self-talk. Yes. Uh, and now it's turned into, you know, one day I hope to one day it's going to happen. You know, like I'm telling yeah. myself, yeah. right? And look, and I'm here with Lauren, the soul savvy creator and CEO and founder. And it's true. Like it's, you know, I could, I could play small and 
and go, you know, I can't do it. I'm scared. Lauren's been doing this yeah. longer than me or whatever the case may be. But it's interesting. And to me, I like this brings me joy and happiness to hear people's story and how they overcame their yeah. challenges. And, you know, how they, I did, like you did one day, just said enough's enough. Like it's time to yeah. change. And I don't care if it's scary, right? Because there's one of the questions I'm going to ask you at the end here. I can feel your pain. My wife works at the local high school, right? She's been doing it for 16 years. She's not a teacher, but yeah, she works yeah. with all the special education, like the severely emotionally yeah. disturbed kids. And, and sometimes I see her and I can tell like, it's not a, it's a thankless job. Right. And I know you mm -hmm. teachers are the same way. Like they expect you to do all your stuff, at, you know, whatever you don't get done at, at the classroom, you got to do all your grading at home. your your all that, you know, right. lesson plans at home and you don't get paid for that time. You know, luckily she doesn't have to do that, but I've seen her, you know, come like, they don't care, you know, they don't, it's all yeah. about the money for the school and how much they can bring in and, you know, but she's a champ. I learned a lot from my wife and people like you. So, oh, yeah. so let's talk about, so now we talked about personal, right? So let's talk about like, now you you're deciding, okay, I'm going to be this coach. Describe some of the challenges or talk about some of the challenges that you face, you know, like in the beginning, like you said, I'm broke. I put half of it yeah. on a credit card. Now I'm, I'm praying that it's all going to work out. Like talk about those challenges in the beginning yeah. that got you from the I beginning think, to yeah. where you're at. It's so true. I think one of the, one of the things about fear that a lot of people don't fully understand the psychology of it is you have a nervous system that's wired for survival. So I always like to say you have two parts of your nature. You have your human body, your intellect, your ego, your nervous system, and the human body knows it can die. So all those mechanisms, your intellect, your nervous system, all of that wired for survival. Yep. And your nervous system is programmed to alert you to two things. One, the unknown, and two, potential danger. Well, when you're an entrepreneur or you're living into a dream, everything is unknown. So your, your nervous system is constantly being triggered by what if you're not good enough? What if someone thinks this about you? All that is, is your nervous system trying to survive. That's it. But so many people treat fear as true. Oh, it's an omen. Oh, this is a sign I shouldn't do it. No, it's just your nervous system saying, we don't want to die. So are you sure you want to put yourself out there? You're One the, side of our nature. Right. The fight or flight. It's either fight exactly. or fight. <laughs> And it's wired for that. But so many people take it as like the truth or like the voice of God. And it's like, no, it's literally just your body trying to survive. Right. On the other hand, there's the infinite side of our nature. So I always say to my clients who aren't necessarily spiritual or religious, just think of the first law of thermodynamics. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So even if you don't believe in a higher power or whatever the deal is, we can see that there's this infinite part of us that's just energy. And when the body dies, that energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. You can call it heaven. You can call it going back to the stars, but your energy cannot die. So all of us are constantly in this struggle between these two parts of us, the part of us that wants to move forward and the part of us that wants to stay stuck because there's that survivability piece. Right. It's so almost that comfort that part, was, right? Like it's yes. comfortable being here. So this seems scary. So this is comfortable. Even if it's not healthy, I get yep. it. Like, thank you. Thanks for, <laughs> I just had to yes. reminded I mean, me of some the things. The reason I, I married my husband and didn't leave that relationship and all of that was the fear of looking dumb, the fear that there's nothing better, the fear that whatever, right. how am I going to afford life on my own? It's, 
it was all fear-based. Now, if I had known that there was a part of me that wanted to grow and there was a more infinite part of me that I could lean on, I would have gotten myself into, but what if I could, you know, but what if it works out? I think that in the beginning when everything was scary and I was teaching school and doing my coaching business at night, the, the fear was real. It was like, who's going to want to get coached by you? You've made all these mistakes and how are you going to pay for life? And you're not going to ever make money and all that. And so I really leaned on knowing this is just my nervous system. Of course, it's triggered. Of course, it's scared. You've just been through a lot. But there's this other part of me, this real powerful part of me that knows it's all going to be okay. Because here's the deal. And this is what I tell myself. And this is what I tell my clients. You've survived 100% of your hard days so far. You like have 100% track records for surviving hard days. So even if something happens, like you fail or you lose your money or you can't afford it or nobody wants to hire you, you've already proven to yourself that you can survive that. So that's how I got through those moments of like, what are you doing? I mean, I would wake up in the morning and go, (laughs) what kind of crazy person are you to think that you can be successful at this? I'm so glad you're here. You just reminded me things. I was so bad at that. Like, I can't do this. I can't. What if I'm going to fail? And you know, thank God for those mentors. In my case, I have mentors. I have a sponsor who all would yeah. like get in my face in a nice way and go, Max, do you understand what you just survived when you were out there running the streets, going to jail, yeah. looking at prison time? Yes, this is scary because it's new to you, but quit being a baby and just go do it. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. We could probably talk for the rest of the day on how oh, all this know, stuff, know, you know, know just it. goes. The stuff you're talking about, if we had more people that paid attention to people like yourself, right, that have gone through these struggles, made the decision not to go, okay, I'm going to be the ostrich and put my head in the ground and hope everything passes me by. So when I pull it out, everything will be back to hunky-dory, right? Because it doesn't happen that way. And relating to what you were talking about, I remember I was really good about that. Like, if I just ignore things, it's going to be good, Yeah. right? When I first got sober, I, did, I made the mistake of, okay, God, I need more patience or the universe, whatever you want to call it, like you said. And I would pray for it. But then I would find out I didn't like what the universe or God was giving me to practice <laughs> patience. And then my sponsor would tell me one time, he goes, I forgot to tell you, don't ever pray for patience because you're not going to like how God gives it to you. So I don't <laughs> do that anymore. But, you know, there's the lessons will keep showing up until you learn it. You know, it may be in different forms, different people. And what I'm gathering from you is this, that's what you learned. Like, okay, I got to make changes. I got to be fearless in making this change, right? Even though it scares the bejesus out of me. And then I just got to do the footwork and, and, you know, I know everything is going to turn out. Appreciate you sharing that because the audience needs to hear it. Yeah. I think one of the things that was most comforting to me when I really started to work hardcore with my mentor and learn how things work is this idea that humans' results are not a crapshoot. If you think of this universe, it's precise. Like everything that has to work in your body, all the organs and the blood and the heart, just for it to operate properly. And then you look and everything in this universe has laws, the law of gravity, the laws of electricity. And so many times we think, yeah, everything in the universe and science is precise, but not my results. And it's just so, if you actually think of it logically, you're like, no, there has to be some precision to how human psychology and results work. So one of the most comforting things to me when I first started trying to change my life is my mentor, Mary said, you don't have to be confident in yourself. Follow my guidelines, follow my advice, follow my systems. 
And that was so encouraging because I think, gosh, if we have to wait to be confident in ourselves, like we'd still be waiting for some of the oh, stuff, you know? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So and she I couldn't me, be confident in the tools I'm teaching you to, to surpass what you're going through. And that was so comforting. And so that's what I love is when I first start working with people, I tell them, you don't have to be confident. All you have to do is be willing to try. And I promise you, I'm going to show you how to make progress if you're just willing to follow some of these steps. And it's similar with recovery, right? Like Absolutely. you're given a system to follow. Yep. Follow this step. I know how it works. It's not random. So right. that's what I love about this. Absolutely. It's like the, what the, the biggest thing that I learned was trusting the process, right? Because as you know, I'll have to tell you, right, the biggest fears we came across early on, or even today, right, is that fear of the unknown. And, you know, I remember, I think it was after my last relapse, there was a big men's stag meeting, you know, a a, a huge, that it's gotten so big that they have it in three different places. And each place is 150 guys, if not more, every, every Tuesday night. Wow. You know, and I was struggling with that God thing. You know, if he loved me so much, why did he let me relapse? And why did he make me do this to my kids? You know, the whole thing that plays through your brain. You know, my sponsor, I call him my Yoda, right? Because he's just so opposite of me, really calm. I always tease him. I said, named Daryl. I go, Daryl, you know, I'm going to walk in your office. You're going to be like floating in the middle of the room with this green aura around (laughs) you going, Max, use the force. You know what I mean? I've been teaching you to use the force. And I'm like, one thing that struck with, with him, with me, that I finally listened is we were going to that meeting one day and he goes, just believe that I believe. And then we walked in that room yeah. and, and it was scary, right? Like, okay, I'm a newcomer again. They're going to pick on me because that's what that meeting does. And he goes, just believe in the power. If you don't want to believe in God, I get it. You're angry. Believe in the power of this group. Look at these guys are all sober in here. And I was just like, oh. and then he said, just trust the process. And took it bit by bit and then it just got better and better and you know as years go on you're just like he's right (laughs) you know what I mean I was gonna say like do you remember the life the life cereal commercial with Mikey oh yeah right remember that's what I felt like you know (laughs) give it to Max he hates everything you know oh Max he likes it so it must be good yeah yeah yeah. but Mikey no I think you know one of the most interesting things about when we look at the world around us and we think, if, if, if this is such a loving God, why is there so much chaos? Or if this is such a friendly and precise universe, why is there so much chaos? And here's the thing. Pretty much every religion in the world agrees we were all given free choice and free will. So, what, so basically, you have, you have a creator God or a universe or whatever you want to work with. And uh, we're the only creatures on the planet that he gave the creator capacity to. You can think any thought you want to think. You can do anything you want to do. A fish cannot become a tree, but we can become anything we want. He gave us the highest power of all creation. Right. And that's why this world can be so messed up because you can either turn toward the light or you can turn away from it. And that's your choice. And he's not going to step in and say, no, you really don't do this. I think that one of the hardest things about human birth is that this world instructs us through contrast. And you can probably really see and feel in your own life, Max, like you learned as much from failure, if not more than you do from success. When I look back now, I think my biggest lessons were when I fell on my face over and over yes. and over again. You know, because one thing that I'd say bitch and gripe about is like, why not me? And yeah. 
and my mentors would go, it already did happen to you. You just, they're not paying attention, you know? And then when you skin your knee enough, you go, okay, all right, yep. God, I get it. You don't need to knock me down anymore. Um, yeah. yeah, my biggest lessons, and even now, you know, I mean, are my failures, you know, what did I do wrong? What, yeah. can, instead of looking at it, like, you know, you want to get angry and, and go, you know, blame someone. I go, okay, what was my part in it? And what did I learn from this certain event that I can grow from? Exactly. I'm, and that took me a while. Don't, I'm 54 years old. So I was on the slowly side, you know, it took me years to finally go, <laughs> you know, and, and I, luckily I had those mentors, like when I would come to them, you know, in my recovery and, and go, you know what so-and-so did and I'm pissed off and Luckily, I had guys that loved me enough that would go, Max, don't even come to me until you say, hey, this thing happened. Here's my part. You know, and I had yep. to learn the hard way that I couldn't always point the finger because as they say, when I'm pointing that finger at Lauren, right, I got three point. Oh, shoot. I got three pointing back <laughs> yeah. at me. I totally get it. Because here's the thing that's so empowering about when we take responsibility is that if we think it's outside of us, then you're just like, OK, I have no I have there's nothing you can do if you truly think it's outside of you. There's really, you're totally have no power, but if you decide I'm not responsible for everything that happens, like I'm not responsible for COVID, I'm not responsible for what the president does, but I am a hundred percent responsible for the experience I choose to have with it. Yes. Oh, I'm a hundred percent responsible yep. for my experience because some people can be struggling with something and they're like, it's everybody else's fault, this and that. You kind of said earlier, I mean, I could still be mad at my ex-husband. Right. Instead, I'm so grateful that he lovingly, I mean, unskillfully, but the most loving thing he ever did was leave. Right. If you really think about it. Absolutely. So I could still be like blaming him, but the truth is I decided to be responsible for my experience. Not for, I'm not responsible that he chose to live a double life, but I'm a hundred percent responsible for what I do with that. Right. I couldn't agree more. And that's just, that's how I choose to live, you know, my life. I belong to a big mastermind and, you know, I'm watching people. I watched a friend join about the same time I did. And he's like at a total, whole different level. You know what I mean? And I could be that guy. Well, well, what the F, you know what I mean? I joined, you know, and, <laughs> but he's been my friend and coach and mentor for 10 years. He's the one that helped me write my book. And I've, I had to tell myself like, look, soak this in, look, pay attention to what he's doing, working his butt off. And he's been at this a lot longer than you. You know what I mean? I could go totally yes. get that that bitterness of like all these people are, are becoming successful. But like you, I remind myself, like I'm in this journey for a reason. There's things I'm supposed to learn still. And I'm right where God wants period. And then I look at the gratitude side of it. It's like, I'm not sitting in a jail cell going, God, I wish I was talking to Lauren on a podcast today. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I like, wish I was uh, happening here. You know what I mean? And I think that that that's one insight that my belief in God has given me is to, to finally just settle down and just go, you know, as a saying, I don't know who coined the saying, but life, I, I believe it's Tony Robbins. I'm not sure who it was, one of those, but it's life happens for you, not to you. The universe exactly. conspires for you on your behalf. It's up to us, like you said, to take responsibility and go, okay, I'm getting shown this part, right? I choose to either do it or I don't. The conversations I'm having compared to say even five years ago are so much better yeah. than, you know what I mean? I, I made a new friend. I have a new friend, Lauren, who's teaching me so much about, you know, what she does and how she looks at life. And 
right? And that's who I choose to surround myself with nowadays, you know, and there was a time it was all negative Nancy's and it's just like I yeah. ran with that crowd, you know, and then I wondered why everything was not going my way, you know? Right, exactly, that's so true. <laughs> you know, you, you gotta know, look think- around and go like, wait a minute, no wonder, because I'm hanging out with all these people that are bitching and complaining. Right, what, what you focus on expands, you know, I think it's so important how you're talking about like how this, there's this instruction that we get. You know, one of my favorite stories is uh, Thomas Edison who created the incandescent bulb and then went on to create the electrical grid that would eventually light up New York City. Someone interviewed him right after they lit up New York City with electricity and someone interviewed Thomas Edison and they asked him, you know, it's been said, sir, that you've had 10,000 failures in trying to create this damn light bulb. You know, it's like you've had all these failures. How did you keep going? How did you you know, keep working on it. And Edison said, I never had a failure. He said, I just found 10,000 ways it didn't work. I love that. And he that. said, when it was talks- not failure. It was all feedback. And I think if we just take it as I'm constantly getting information and feedback from God, from this universe of contrast, and I can either look at it and go, I never had a failure. I just found all the ways it didn't work. Or I can look at it to make a sad story for myself. And this is why I'm not successful. I just look at it all feedback. It's all feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I learned from a mentor too is going through some step work. I remember him, you know, he goes, how do you pray? Uh, I like looking up or looking down and he goes, why? He goes, if you think about it, God is right here, right? You just have to learn to tap into that power. And right. And that was one of those aha moments for me, like, okay, so my praying on the way to work when I'm driving an hour and a half is way okay because he's driving, you know, he's, well, I like to say he's yeah. driving the car, right? But he's, he's there with me and I don't have to stop and bow my head. And, but even in the beginning though, like my sponsor said, just humble yourself, throw your keys under your bed. Since you're down there, you grab them, just stay on your knees and pray, right? So, you know, and I, I'm blessed to get to be a part of a lot of these like yourself and watch success and what that looks like what it, I want it to look like for me right because I have great yeah. examples like yourself or the people I hang out with right not only tell me how they did it but they show me you know by through through actions right because I can't tell it's like in my case I can't tell someone who's new to recovery go this is how you do it and then walk away right I have to be no, that example gosh, no I've learned that over the years and almost 19 years is that you know whether it's my children whether it's my grandchildren my wife the people in the rooms, I have to lead by example. And what kind of example yeah. am I going to be? Am I going to be that crybaby, yeah. that one person in meaning that all they do is bitch, 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 bitch? Or am I going to be the one that bitches, but then sh- turns it around and shows them the solution and how you there get you through go. that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And luckily for me, I have great men that came before me that showed me how to do that by their walk, yeah. you know, and I just learned from that. You know, and this leads me to being here with you today. And, and I'm so grateful that you, you were here and you, we got to talk. So there's a couple of questions I like to ask before we part, right? I wrote a book. It's called Fearless Happiness, My Addiction, My Battles, My Recovery. And if you can see, oh, yeah. right? and I put a Y in the happiness. I'm going to start with fearless. Since we've been talking about that, like what does fearless look like for you, Lauren? How does that show up for you? And how do you navigate that? throughout your day. Yeah. I think that we have moments of being, I don't think you ever get rid of fear. People, when I tell stories, people are like, oh, you're still afraid. I'm like, yeah, when I'm going for the next level, fear is going to rise nervous system. Like this is the thing. 
But you know, in the Bible, Jesus says, fear, get behind me. He never says, go away. It's this level of being scared and then finding that greater part of you, finding that part of you that wants to grow, get that part of you big enough that for a moment that fear diminishes just enough for you to take that next step forward. Uh, if we wait to get rid of fear completely, I'd still be sitting in my mom's basement, you know. <laughs> Life would have passed us by, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's going, all right, I'm a, I'm a part of me is afraid. That's how I sequester it. A part of me is afraid, but there's a part of me that knows that greatness is on the other side of the sphere. So Absolutely. get behind me fear and let's move forward. Yep. Move over. I'm coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So happiness, I put a Y in there for a reason. And people know they've heard this podcast. I didn't spell it wrong on accident. I did it for a reason. So knowing I put the Y in happiness, what does happiness look like for you? And, and what does that look like on a daily basis? Okay, so the, the Persian poet Rumi has this great quote, and it goes like this. It's as if a king has sent you from a far and distant land to do one specific task. You can do a dozen other things while you're here, but if you don't do the one thing for which he sent you, it's going to feel like you've done nothing. How I interpret that Rumi quote, it's as if a king has sent you from a far and distant land. You are spirit, you'll return to spirit, but now you're on earth and that's hard for all of us. I don't think one person wakes up and goes, I know how to do this earth suit. Like all of us are just like, <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? You know? And he sends you from this far and distant land to do one specific task. I don't think that task is to become a teacher, to become a writer, to become a podcast host. I think all of us, there's only one of us. There's only one Max. There's only one Lauren. They didn't make two of us. They just made one. And so I feel like happiness is that one thing for which Rumi talks about. It's becoming who you truly are, who God truly made you to be in this lifetime. And that's a discovery process. But I deeply feel like happiness is if you're loving and you're growing, you're on the right track because that means you're becoming the full expression of who you're meant to be. So I think when you follow your nudges, when you go after what you want, that's happiness. It's really allowing yourself to be you with a capital Y. I appreciate that so much. People need to hear that. I mean, and we all know that everybody's happiness definition is going to be different. The more I do this, it seems like the better it gets. At least I, I can hear not in my head. I'm not just going, well, that's the same old definition, but you know, everybody's definitions is different and makes this so much fun to do, to hear people's what fearless looks like to them with happiness, right? Because in the end, if you think about it, will we ever become totally fearless? Probably not. And if you think about it, happiness, if you think about it really is fleeting. It's that joy that you get through being happy is that's, that's what's long lasting, right? And we could talk about it for another couple hours. Like, how do we get to that point? Right. And there's certain things I do every day. And I'm sure there's certain things in your routine you do every day to, to keep you in that happiness and joy and right. But is life perfect? Absolutely not. But God put people like you and I on this earth for a reason to show people that we're here for a reason and we're here to help. Right. Cause we're both helpers yes. and we, we love helping people. So before we part, Lauren, if people wanted to work with you. How can they get a hold of you? Where, where can they reach? Yeah, so I have, I have a gift for your audience. So if you go to www.soulsavvy.org slash power, uh, you can download my 30, my favorite power affirmations, power statements for how I put myself up when I'm not feeling so confident. So www.soulsavvy.org slash power. 
and then we'll be connected and you can reach out to me. My email will be there. Everything will be there for you. And then in the meantime, you can use my 30 favorite affirmations to support you in growing and moving forward. Awesome. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Before we part, what's one piece of advice you would like to leave the audience with that could help them go, wow, I've never heard that or wow, I'm going to use that because it's going to help me grow as a human being. If you think you have flaws, if you think you have things about you that feel like deficits, I promise you that the very thing that you think is a deficit is why you were put here. To show people who feel that same way that they can move past it too. And, you know, to me, the deficit was I'm a broke, divorced school teacher and my husband lived a double life and I have no self-esteem. That deficit has helped me help thousands of people. And I thank God for all of it. So anything that you think is a deficit right now, that is your power. That is your true, authentic power. God, that was good. Thank you so much for being a guest today, Lauren. I'm so glad you took the time to be here. I know my audience is going to love this. Hey, audience, if you heard something you like, please leave a review, download it, subscribe, whatever you got to do. Please help others find this podcast because that way I can get more amazing guests like Lauren on here and bring her back probably most likely bring her back so the thank you for show, sharing and Max taking Nakes, the time to do lived in addiction for years and made great, lots great of destructive day. choices which resulted in losing friends family and his career after being in jail for the fourth time he knew he needed to make some big changes now sober for 17 years he shares the steps he took which led to recovery and got his life back welcome to fearless happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist.